0: Well, good morning. Man, wasn't that incredible worship this morning? Man, I want to thank you for worshiping, whether it's here in the sanctuary or online. Man, I know we could all feel it this morning. God was glorified, so thank you. Thank you for worshiping. Well, hey, I want to start off today, and I want to give you a little bit of an update about Thanksgiving distribution. As you know, it's, it's already here this Saturday. And first, I would just like to thank everybody, everyone that's brought in food over the last couple of weeks, everyone that has signed up to volunteer. We can't do this Saturday without you. I was told this morning we could still use a few volunteers. Pretty much all of the spots are filled, but we could use some more help still in the parking lot. And so if you'd be interested in helping, I would encourage you to go out in the foyer after service. Miranda's out there. You can sign up. You know, that parking lot is such an important place because it's the first impression of our church. There's a lot that goes on out there, and we want to make sure we start off on the right foot with showing who we are at Central to the community. We really are all in right now on Thanksgiving distribution. Hopefully you guys feel that. I know today is normally Dollar Club Sunday, but we won't be taking a Dollar Club today. I know normally the fourth Sunday is a food collection. We won't be doing that either because we are all in and trying to focus on this coming Saturday. So if you were going to give to the Dollar Club, I would encourage you to give to the Thanksgiving distribution instead. If you were going to bring in food later in the month, bring it in here still today. We have volunteer training at 2 o'clock, and so if you're volunteering, hopefully you'll be there. But you can bring food back up until 2 o'clock today. You can bring it back tomorrow or Tuesday, but we can never have enough food to hand out to our community And if we do have extras, we end up giving it out to the community and different organizations as well. So I just want to encourage you. We are all in. I hope you're all in. The community is really counting on us right now to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's why we're doing it, isn't it? It's not about the food. It's about showing the love to a community that's going through some hard times. And we want them to see Jesus. So I'd also encourage you, if you could, just be praying this week. Be praying for all of the volunteers and everyone that's going to be here working and serving. We pray for enough food. And I would really be praying for all of the people that are going to be joining us. The people that are in need and looking for that Thanksgiving meal. I really hope that when they come to the church and they get that food, they don't see the food. They don't see you and me. What they see is Jesus. And that they see the love of Jesus being poured out onto them by this church. It's a big thing for our community, so we're looking forward to it. Be in prayer, and uh, we'll be excited to see how Saturday goes. Well, today we continue on in the stress fracture series, and this is the second week of it. And I just want to remind you that a stress fracture, we learned last week, comes from applied pressure, much pressure over a long period of time. If we're being honest and we kind of look around, we see stress fractures all over the place, don't we? We see them in our own lives. We have lots of pressure, lots of pressure on certain areas of our life, and we all feel it. Your area of pressure might look a little bit different than mine, but you still experience that pressure. You might be experiencing relational pressures, and that pressure has become so great that it starts to fracture and split your family or some of your friendships. Some of it's financial pressure. Where you start to feel the weight of your finances and it's weighing heavy and you're just not sure what to do. And without relieving that pressure, you feel like you might break. Some of it's health pressure. Some of you are going through hard things physically, aren't you? Some of you are experiencing worry or anxiety or depression as well. Those are heavy burdens. Those are big pressures on our life. And they don't just impact us. They impact those around us too, don't they? Some of you have experienced the loss of loved ones, maybe a good friend or a family member. The pressures that come along with that loss, they're real, aren't they? They can be hard to carry at different times. They're real. And all of those pressures we see, they they add up and they impact our community as well. Right now, we see homelessness becoming more of a challenge, right? More of an issue here in the last year. We see more people hungry in our community than we have in the past. That's why we're doing the food distribution this Saturday. We see more refugees coming into our community than in the past. We see more kids in foster care than we have in the past. There are many different places in our community where the pressure is real and the pressure is great. And this is just a few. I could stand up here all all service today and, and talk about the different pressures that we're all experiencing. Some of them we didn't mention. But you know what I mean. You know what they are in your life and in the lives of your friends and in the community. Now, I know some of you are thinking right now, you're, you're looking at the clock going, man, we're, we're five minutes in. This is real uplifting. But hey, I think we have to shape it differently, frame it differently. When we look at it as all of these burdens and these hard things, and I'm not trying to take away from the pain and the reality of it, but as believers, we're supposed to look at this a little bit different, I believe. And I believe that's what God wants to show us today. With all of those things going on, with all of the challenges, really what we see are many opportunities, many opportunities for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our community and to each other. It's about serving one another. It's about loving one another. Yeah, the challenges are there, but we're counting on each other, aren't we? We need each other. The person to your left, to your right, the person coming this Saturday, the person in our community going through hard times, we need each other. We all have the hard times. We all have the challenges. But those challenges present many, many, many opportunities for us to be Jesus to the rest of the world. Would you stand with me as we read from God's word? We're going to be in Matthew chapter 25. And we just finished up a couple weeks ago, uh, the End Times series. And if you remember, we all agree that Jesus is coming back. And when he does come back, we want to be found faithful and obedient and be caring about our father's business when he returns, don't we? And so let's look here in chapter 25, starting in verse 34, when Jesus comes and he's talking about the final judgment. Jesus says, Then the king will say to those on the right, When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray. Father, just change our hearts today. Help us to see where you have called us and equipped us to make a difference break our heart for what breaks yours. And when we see it, give us the courage and the boldness to be your hands and feet in order to relieve pressure and bring healing. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, I want to take a look at this passage here for just a second and also a couple others because I think it helps give us some good context and kind of foundation for much of what we're going to be talking about today. When you look at this final judgment, at first glance, you see Jesus and and you see him rewarding and giving inheritance based off of feeding him and giving him something to drink and going and visiting him. And at first glance, it kind of looks like Jesus is rewarding or our salvation is based off of works. But that's not the case. I want to remind you of that. We cannot earn our salvation. There is nothing we can do to earn our salvation. It is a gift from God. It is by his grace, not anything we do, to earn that salvation. Ephesians says it this way, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Did you see where our salvation comes from? It comes through our faith and through our faith alone. Yes, we are saved for good works, but we are not saved by our good works. It is through faith and through faith alone. So my question to start off today is, what does faith look like? If you were to draw in your worship folder right now or on a piece of paper at your kitchen table, if you were to draw a picture of what faith looks like, what would it look like? It's kind of hard to picture what faith in of itself looks like. We probably have a lot of different pictures drawn, wouldn't we? But really, a picture drawn of faith, faith is this. We see our faith through our actions. Our our actions show proof that our faith is real and genuine. So if we were to show the world that we had faith, we would show it to them based off of our actions. James says this, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. This is what James is saying. He is saying that if you have a real and genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, your life is going to look different. You're going to sound different. You're going to look different. You're going to talk different. And you're going to act different because the proof of your faith is found in your actions. And so really what Jesus is saying when he is rewarding based off of you fed me, you clothed me, you gave me something to drink. Jesus is saying your faith has saved you, but I know your faith is real because of the actions you took. You lived out your faith. You fed me, you clothed me. All of that is a sign of the realness and the genuineness and the trust that you have in me and your faith. Now we see in that Ephesians, we see that we are saved for good works. And good works is simply this it's an act of service for the benefit of others. That's a representative of Jesus, isn't it? Jesus came to serve. We are called in our good works to carry out that same thing, to show acts of service for the benefit of others. It's not for our benefit, it's for the benefit of others. And you can go back and you can think about all of those examples we started with, all of the things that you're experiencing in your life and in our community. Can you imagine the difference, acts of service for the benefit of each other and those that are hurting and carrying that pressure? Could you imagine the difference that would make? It would make an enormous difference, wouldn't it? And we all, we all want to make a difference. We all want to live out those good works. We all want to be the hands and feet of Jesus But sometimes things get in our way, don't they? Sometimes we have some challenges. Sometimes we have some obstacles that kind of get in the way of us being the hands and feet of Jesus. And so I want to share a few of those. And maybe these are some of the same challenges you have in your life. If not, they're examples that I know I've wrestled with at different times. And hopefully, man, we can learn from them. We can see what some of these obstacles are and figure out how to be a better representative of Jesus by not letting them get in the way of our good works. One of the first things is just awareness. Sometimes we don't, we're not very aware of the opportunities for good works, are we? We're in relationship, and God is relational, so he wants us to be in relationship with each other, but we fail to sometimes ask, how are you doing? And then when we ask how you're doing, do we actually listen Do we stop and listen for the points of pressure in their life? It's going to come out if we just listen. We will hear those points of pressure and it will give us an opportunity. Sometimes the awareness comes from just kind of blocking out the rest of the world. Case in point, I was at Panera this week and I was getting ready and I was studying and doing some reading this week and I went to put my headphones in so I could block out everything that was going on there. Now, I'm not saying headphones are bad or that it's wrong to do that, but as I put them in, I could hear God just kind of stop me. And I think it was for today, and it was kind of this subtle whisper that said, man, when you put those headphones in, you can't be aware of what's going on around you. You can't hear the person in the booth next to you who is crying over the loss of a loved one. You can't hear the person at the counter that their card won't work. And they can maybe use a little bit extra help because finances are tight. Sometimes, whether it be headphones or phones or whatever it is, there are other ways that we do it in life, but we do things to sometimes block out the rest of the world. And we have to be careful of that because we'll lose sight of some of the awareness and those opportunities that God's given us for good works. Sometimes the awareness just centers around maybe an issue or a topic that we're not real familiar on. I was meeting with with an individual about foster care uh, this last week and I've met with her before and and we began talking and there were so many things that she shared with me that I had no idea I didn't know the issue was as big as it is in our own community there are so many more kids that need homes in foster care than homes available I wasn't aware but once I became aware man it made me want to do something it made me want the church to do something Why? Because not knowing that there was an issue, it's hard to want to get involved. But when we know something's happening, and we're in relationship with Jesus, and he starts changing our heart, we can't help but want to act in some of those situations. Awareness can kind of go the other way too, can't it? Sometimes we can be a little overwhelmed by information and awareness. We get so much information, whether it be on social media, or on the news, or wherever you get your information, that you get to the point that you feel like you've become an expert on a topic and you think, I just don't want to hear any more about it. I, I can't get involved with that, I just, it's too much, I can't do that. And we become paralyzed by awareness, too much awareness. But awareness is something that sometimes on either side can, can challenge us from carrying out the good works. What about busyness? Anyone else challenged by that? Does that get in the way of your good works? I can't on mine. busy time of the year. We have Thanksgiving. We have Christmas. There's a whole lot going on right now, isn't there? And the busyness can kind of creep in and it can prevent us from paying attention and having the time and the energy for those good works. Have you ever got a phone call or you ran into someone here lately and, and, and you're listening to them and you hear kind of a point of pressure in their life and you feel kind of the Holy Spirit nudging, go, man, you could do something about this. This is an opportunity for you to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And the first thing that comes to your mind is, I'm just too busy. Oh God, I don't have time right now. I, I want to help, but how about a different day? Can you fit it into my schedule on Tuesday? I'm busy right now. Or, or we're frantically going across town and, and we're shopping in our work schedule or whatever's going on and we see someone and, and the tire is blown out on the side of the road or someone just needing some assistance. And we think, man, I would love to help them. I would love to perform an act of service for their benefit, but I gotta get somewhere. I'm just too busy. Busyness is kind of scary, isn't it? And how it can impact, how it can impact our ability to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Maybe we need to step back and we need to relook at our schedule and our priorities and say, do I need to create more margin? Do I need margin in my life so when the opportunity presents itself? When God puts that good work that he's prepared me for, when he puts it in front of me, I have the margin to be able to respond. Maybe that's you today. What about politics? Sometimes politics get in the way too, doesn't it? And all I would say about that is this, is many, many of these groups of people that we're talking about that maybe need help, whether it's the homeless or the hungry, or whether it's kids in the foster care, We work really hard to set policies to try to help and support these people. And as believers, I think we should focus on some of the policies when they're for the benefit of others. But we have to make sure that man's policies, the policies that we fight for and try to put in place, they don't become the only policy we're concerned about. We need to make sure God's policies are what's first and foremost in our lives. It has to be the priority because God's policies are about relationships And we can't lose sight of the people that we're trying to help through the policies and spending time with them and being in relationship with them. It's not just about the policies we can create to help them. What about proximity and distance? It's kind of been a hard one the last year, hasn't it? We have this physical distance, which ends up leading to relational distance. That relational distance starts impacting how we love one another. When it impacts how we love one another, it starts impacting how we serve one another. And when it impacts how we serve one another, it impacts our ability to be a light. To impact those around us for the light of Christ to shine. So maybe we got to break down some of these barriers of distance. Maybe there's other reasons of things that get in your way. Maybe it's, maybe it's excuses like, I just don't, I don't have the money to impact that cause. Or, I would love to volunteer, but I'm just one person. There needs to be a hundred people doing what I'm signing up to do. I wanna remind you of something. Earlier this year, we did a series or or a, a sermon on generosity. And in that, we talked about how each of us has been given a life to live. We've all been given certain gifts and abilities and talents, but we all have one life that God has given us to use for his kingdom, and his purpose. And there was an acronym for life, and here it is. Labor, influence, finance, and experience. We've got to stop focusing on what we don't have and focus on what God has given us to impact his kingdom. God's given us all something. He has given us amazing things to be able to use for his benefit and for his glory. Can you imagine what would happen if we all leveraged our life for the benefit of others, through acts of service, so that our love would pour out onto others and they would see Jesus. That's what happens this Saturday with Thanksgiving distribution, isn't it? We have so many people coming together and leveraging their life, what they've been given, whether it be the labor, whether it be the finances, many different things. And when it all gets leveraged together, look at the impact that we get to have in our community and on those around us. How are you using your life to further God's kingdom and to carry out these good works that God has planned for us? You know, all of this points back to loving God and loving others. Isn't that what Jesus said was most important? Love God and love each other. And that's what we see in this. This is one of the ways that we're able to love God and love one another is through these acts of service for the benefit of others. I want to look at this here. This is how James looks at it. He says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Do you see in this passage where we get the loving our neighbor? It's to look after orphans and widows in their distress. See, Jesus is saying that if you love me and you follow me, your heart's going to look different. You're going to have compassion for those that are in need, those that are in distress. There are many other examples we find the orphans and the widows in this church and in our community who need us to show compassion, who need us to come alongside and to show love through our acts of service. Do you see where we get the loving God through this verse in James? It's at the end. To keep oneself from being polluted by the world. See, we want to focus and live our life the way God has intended for us to live, to live out these good works that he's prepared us to do. But when we let the world creep in, when we let some of these challenges and obstacles and excuses come in, we become polluted by the world. We lose sight of where we should focus. Like we were saying in the worship, we've got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And when we do so, our faith is going to be lived out an incredible way. So we hear this today. We hear God's word saying, Love me and love one another through this. But I want to remind you of the words in James 1:22 where he says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We've got to do more than just hear the word today. We've got to do what it says. And it's not just in the serving and the acts of service for the benefit of others today. I want to stop, and I just want you to think for a second. Where are you hearing God's word in your life? Where is he speaking to you? Is it in your family? Is it about your marriage or your friendships or in dating or your finances or how to to resolve conflict? I hope you're hearing from God. I hope you're spending time in his word. But we can't just be hearers of the word, We have to be doers of the word. So where in your life is God challenging you today and reminding you, hey, I'm speaking. You've heard me. It's time for your faith to become action. If you trust me, if you have that relationship that's genuine, you're gonna show it through your actions. Don't just be doers of or hearers of the word. We have to be doers of the word as well. Being hearers of the word is half of it. Being doers, that's when people get to see your light shine and get to see you be the hands and feet of Jesus. But God's word is important, isn't it? It does amazing things. Let's look at what 2 Timothy says. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I'm stopping right there for a reason because I think a lot of times we stop there when we read this verse, don't we? We stop there because when we start seeing things like teaching and rebuking and correcting, we'd much rather stop there and read it like it's for everyone else than for our own life. It's not fun to get corrected and rebuked and to learn, is it? Sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes it can be challenging and not very much fun. But we can't stop there in this verse. Look what it says. It's so that the servant of God, that's you and me, isn't it? It's not for everybody else. That's for me. That's for you and you and you, for each of us. It's for all of us. And why? Look at the end of this. It's so we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, God's word and the challenging and the rebuking, sometimes it it ruffles our feathers a little bit, doesn't it? Maybe shakes us a little bit, and it should Because God doesn't want us to stay the same just the way we are. He wants to change us. He wants to shape us. He wants to mold us and make us look different. He wants to make us look like Jesus. And so through that correcting and the rebuking and the teaching, that is the goal, to knock off some of the edges, to make us look more like Jesus. Because when we look more like Jesus, we're much more equipped for the good works, aren't we? Jesus had love, he had compassion, he was genuine, he was relational, he was caring. And so the more we look like Jesus, the more we are equipped for those good works. That's important. Don't run away when when the word starts to challenge. Don't lean away, lean into it. See what God is wanting to do. He's wanting to do something in you to make you look more like Jesus. Now, I know there are many, many things going on, aren't there? Just many things in your life. And the person next to you, you could look to the left or your right, and I promise you there are pressures that are being experienced that you don't even know about right now. But all of that gives us the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus to one another. We're counting on each other. We need each other. And it's not just in this room, but it's for those that are outside the walls. They're counting on us to live out our faith and not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word, to show them that what we believe is real. And when we want to promote Jesus, we want to talk about Jesus, that we're willing to be Jesus to them and not just talk about it. You know, as a church, we try to give many opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus, many opportunities for us to be able to carry out these good works. That's what we're doing this Saturday with the, the food distribution. It's an act of service for the benefit of others. And so many of you have already gotten involved, and we're so thankful for that. It's allowing you to do one of the good works that God's prepared for you. But we also have cookies coming up in December where we do cookies for the inmates. We have so many other things that happen here in this church that we do to try to give opportunities for you to carry out the good works God has called us to do as individuals and as a body. There are things outside of this church too. We are, we are involved with so many different organizations, so many great ministries in our community. So maybe you're involved or, or maybe God's wanting the good works to come through a, a, an organization like His Helping Hands or Embrace, or the Union Rescue Mission, or maybe God's calling you to open up your home and to take in one of these kids who just need a loving place, and they need that support. Everywhere we look, there are opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And if you're looking for some of those opportunities, you can get involved right here at the church. In the worship folder, I put the email address for our missions team If you want to get involved here in the community with some of the outreach, send them an email. Let's figure out what your gifts are, what you're passionate about, what you think God is wanting to use you for in this community so you can carry out the good works. But again, the opportunities are all around us. You don't have to go very far for the good works that God's prepared. Some of them today just need to happen in our families. Some of the good works God's prepared us for are within our marriage Maybe we're supposed to have an act of service for the benefit of our spouse or our kids. Or what about our neighbors? Do any of you have a neighbor that's maybe lost a job here going into the holidays? Could you imagine what would happen if the next time you went to the grocery store, you got more groceries an extra few bags? And when you got home, you knocked on the door and said, I know times are hard, but here, I want to help you. Or or maybe they have kids and you could help buy some Christmas presents for them just to help take off that pressure of the the family's experiencing. Or go visit someone that's having a hard time getting out. There are opportunities all around us, but we have to look at it as opportunities. We have to look through the eyes of Jesus and be able to see, God, what have you laid in front of me? You have equipped me. You have equipped all of us to be able to be your hands and feet. Where are you working? What opportunity have you created for me? How do I look like you to the rest of the world? I've got this walking boot here. And many of you have had to experience one of these, unfortunately. So maybe it brings up bad memories. I'm sorry. But a walking boot, the purpose of the walking boot is to provide support, to relieve some of the stress and pressure so that healing may occur. That's the purpose of this walking boot. Did you know that our good works, they act like a walking boot for those around us. Our good works, when we do acts of service for the benefit of others, it's providing stability. It's taking off some of the stress and the pressure in their life in order to provide healing. That's what we're after. We want that healing in the lives of people, don't we? That's what we desire. We want Jesus to come in and do a mighty work in their lives, but God may be wanting to use you as the vessel to do it. You can provide some of that hope, you can take off some of that pressure. And again, we're counting on each other for that, aren't we? We can't do it on our own. We need each other to help provide that walking boot. So this week, and as you're meeting in life groups, as you're sitting around the dinner table tonight, I hope you think about that. Who is God calling you to be the walking boot for? Who can you come alongside and through your good works, take off some of the pressure? What gifts has God given you today to be able to be used for his kingdom, for his purpose, so that the light of Jesus will shine through you? Do you believe God's word so much that you will let it change you? And then when you hear it, you will do it and you will live it out. We have an incredible opportunity and I know things are heavy for all of us. But isn't it amazing also how sometimes even when we're the ones experiencing the pressure through an act of service and kindness for someone else, we're the one that ends up getting the relief. This Saturday, some of you will experience that. You come to serve thinking that you're serving for their benefit, and yet God ends up blessing you in some amazing ways. You've experienced it. I hope you've experienced it, where the blessing came back to you God is relational. And through these relationships with one another, through walking life together, we become closer with one another and we become closer to God. So this week and every day forward, pay attention, be looking, and don't let things get in the way of you being the hands and the feet of Jesus, of carrying out these good works in our community. Because our community, our church, our families, we need it. We need each other to live out our faith. There has to be that action. Let's show one another and show the world that our faith is real and genuine as we represent Jesus Christ. Let's pray.